At this time, it is our pleasure to welcome again the listening audience to this rebroadcast of the morning service of the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church, 1720 North J Street. We're happy that you tune in today and you are in for a blessing. Our speaker today is one who has recently moved to our community, but who has been fitting right into the program and the schedule of our church and community, Pastor Wayne O'Bannon. Now I must tell you, church and listening audience, that there is a little history here. The fact is that I first met Pastor O'Bannon and his wife, who was then Sharon Hudson, when they were college students at Oakwood College, now Oakwood University in Huntsville, Alabama. We were in school together. I was the president, they were students, but we were there together. And I observed him then as a very dedicated and sober young man, serious about his work, one of the best athletes, by the way, young fellows, that I ever saw come through Oakwood. He's a tremendous softball player. He used to hit the ball so far that all the fellows and girls would back up behind the fences when Wayne came up to bat. And a wonderful basketball player and so forth. But most of all, a wonderful Christian. And his wife, who is the daughter of one of my heroes in ministry, the late R.T. Hudson, who pastored many of our major churches in Cleveland and New York, is also with us. In fact, it's her job that brought them to Las Vegas several months ago. And I'm going to ask Sharon if you will stand. She's talented in her own rights, and you will get to know her better. Now, of course, this church has been blessed been blessed because for so many years we had Pastor Haynes as one of our associate pastors even though his slot was not full-time he worked full-time and when he left we needed a replacement I mentioned Pastor O'Bannon who has been serving as a lead elder in his home church in Phoenix Arizona for many years who's been used by the Lord in preaching services in countries abroad, who has been very active in mission service. The conference investigated closely and agreed that he would be a wonderful replacement for Pastor Haynes, who is now pastoring the flock called the Three Angels over on the other side of the city. But we are blessed that the Bannons moved here, that the conference could utilize their talents that he is here working with us and today we will hear from him this will be his first sermon to us i'm anxious to see what the lord has told him to tell us and i know that you are too after we shall have had our scripture by sister pam gore shipman and another musical selection by sister wylena we will hear the man of god with the word of God for today, Pastor Wayne O'Bannon. Hear ye him. 
Good morning, church. Our scripture today is taken from Genesis 3, 7 through 9. Genesis 3, 7 through 9. I will read in your hearing. Then the eyes of the both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hide themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? May the Lord bless the hearing and reading of his word. Good morning again, church. Do you mind if I give God the praise one more time for what he has done for me? Amen. Thank you. You know, he woke us up and amen. Amen. Focus on God's goodness. And the magnificence of his miraculous works. The clouds in the sky, the birds that fly, the beauty in the trees, the air that I breathe, all because of you. It's all because of you. My life is filled with blessings. And it's all because of you. Well, I'm able to walk. Thank you. And I. The roof above my head It's all because of you Hallelujah, thank you Hasn't he been good to you? Didn't he wake you up this morning? Yes. 
That's why we give him the praise. Amen. Amen. All because of you. Hallelujah. to go on you saved my life you saved my soul so I sing this song for you Lord because it's all because of you hallelujah thank you It's all because of you. Can I get a witness? Is it anybody that believes? Yes, it's all because of you. My life is worth the living. And it's all. Because of you. Amen. Like to say good morning, church, and welcome. As has been stated, happy Sabbath and happy new year all the members and guests here at the abundant life church and as was stated also we want to welcome our radio audience uh, station kkvv 1060 on your am dial pastor rock and pastor lee wars board of elders and other officers of the church it is a pleasure truly a pleasure to be asked to speak on this first Sabbath of 2008. And as our theme, as we stated earlier, following Jesus how? At any rate in 2008. We know that as time winds down, things are going to speed up. And you have to keep pace. You can't follow Jesus the way you used to follow him. At the same rate, things are going to pick up, and you have to be ready. Scripture says if you can't run, come on. If you can't contend with the footman, what's going to happen when the horseman comes? You will be trampled. So, brothers and sisters, let's get ready. Not to rumble, 
but to move in the way of the Lord. Now, I've been preaching for over 25 years, and I have to tell you, I'm not one to preach these little lollipop bubblegum sermons. You know those sermons that are sweet and soft, but soon lose their flavor? I'm not one that's going to get all analytical and theoretical with you. I am one that's going to keep it simple. I use the acrostic kiss. Keep it spiritually simple. From the youngest to the oldest person, I want you to get something out of the message the Lord has for you today. Now, you know, there are those that preach the gospel in such a way that they're not really concerned about the souls. They're concerned about the funds that they are able to require. But I believe God expects of those who he chooses to minister to preach the truth. A truth that will change your life, change your heart, and change your mind. So, when you leave here today, it is my hope and my desire that I have allowed the Holy Spirit to so use me that when you leave through these doors, you leave different than the way you came in. That you leave here with the life that Jesus has for you, the, the, the quickening that you will be given that saving life that Jesus has for you to his glory. Is that all right? Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, whether you believe it or not, we live in a world full of sin. Not just half full, not just a quarter full, but full of sin sin. A world where the vast majority of the people are in darkness. John chapter 3 and verse 19. If you turn there real quick, I want to read a little bit. John chapter 3. Let's begin at verse 17 and hear what Jesus says. He says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he believeth not in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light is brought into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Jesus said men loved darkness rather than light and their deeds were evil. Murderers, rapists, terrorists, robbers, liars, all of this evil is in the world in which you and I live. And for me to stand up here and preach anything that doesn't bring you and anyone listening to the light is a waste of my time and a waste of yours. Amen. Amen. Now, I may not know you all, but I love you all. You're all my brothers and sisters. We're all brothers and sisters. 
And I want you to know my Savior. I want you to know your Savior, Jesus Christ. So pray with me this morning on the subject, where are you? Where are you? Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, remove me and let your spirit lead in the words that I say. Lord, let the words of the congregation and the listeners here be your words, Lord, words that will change hearts, minds, and lives to the glory of God. Father, as I preach and teach, I also listen in the wonderful and glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to thank Sister Shipman for the scripture reading this morning. Sister Wileener, you have helped me out. You've taken us to another level. And, you know, I, I love music. I, I direct choirs, I sing, and, and music, I believe, is so important to a, a service to bring the audience, to bring the congregation into the right frame of mind. So again, thank you both for that. As uh, Pastor Rock acknowledged, my lovely wife, I, I mentioned this a, a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated our 20 year, 27, sorry sweetheart, <laughs> 27 year anniversary. Uh, again, she was away, but I'm glad she's back. The Lord is truly blessing me. We recently purchased a little GPS device because we knew moving to Las Vegas more often than not, we would be getting lost, not knowing the area. Some of you, no doubt, probably have lived here a long time and still get lost in this city. Some of y'all are really good and know where the little back streets are. But I don't like being lost. I like to know where I am, where I'm going, and how I am going to get there. But what I learned about the GPS system, I thought it would just tell you, punch in where you want to go, and it shows you how to go. But not only does it tell you how to get where you're going, but it tells you where you are. And I was glad to know that because sometimes I didn't even know where I was in this city. But one of the worst things about being lost is not knowing which way to go. You want to go left, you want to go right, you want to go forward, you want to go back. You don't know. Turn with me now to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, we'll begin at verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, 
It is hid from them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. We must realize, brothers and sisters, that in the time that we live, there are those who the devil has so blinded to the truth that if you show them thus saith the Lord from the word of God, they're blinded to it. They don't believe it. They won't believe it. But you and I have a message to carry. We have an obligation to share the good news to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. God told Adam and Eve, of every tree in the garden thou mayest eat, but of the tree in the midst of the garden, of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, thou mayest not eat. Now was it really the tree that was the test? Or was it obedience? It was obedience, brothers and sisters. God wanted to see if the perfect beings that he had created would be obedient to him. For you see, previously, a perfect being that he had created flipped the script and had to be cast out of, king, of the kingdom. But Adam and Eve, after sin entered their life, looked and realized that they were naked. God had overshadowed their nakedness, but because of their disobedience, they now lost the covering of God. Because they choose to enjoy darkness over light and truth, many people in the world today have lost the covering of God. It's not to say that God does not still love them. It's not to say that God is not still merciful and kind toward them and even still blesses them. For the sun shines on the just and the unjust. But they have lost the covering of the penalty of sin because of their choice. And we know the wages of sin is? The wages of sin is death. Turn now with me to Psalm 91. 91st division of the Psalm. The Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide where? Under the shadow of the Almighty. A covering. I say, I will say of the Lord, he is my what? And he is my, my fortress. My God, I in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the follower and from the noisome pestilence. He shall what? He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wing shall thou trust 
His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. I ask you today, brothers and sisters, where are you spiritually? Are you covered? Are you in the ark of safety? Noah preached for 120 years. And I used to think that it was like Noah just preaching in the city of Las Vegas. But preaching for 120 years, the word went to the whole world. For God would not destroy the whole world lest they knew the truth. And the truth was there was a flood coming. It was going to rain, and if you weren't in the ark, you were going to be lost. 120 years. Jesus is ever searching, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. At one time or another, each and every one of us was lost. I pray that none under the sound of my voice is lost. But at one time or another, we all were lost. But we don't have to stay lost. Matthew 18 and verse 11 says, for the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which is lost. A dear friend of mine, Dr. Rock, wrote an article entitled, The God Who Comes Looking. It was him. A couple of paragraphs really stood out for me as I read this article. It says, God no longer is looking for a way to save us. Salvation is already assured. The requirements for everlasting life have already been met. But what God is looking for now are individuals who will accept him. Men and women who love him so much that they are willing to turn from their evil habits, leave their blinding traditions and binding traditions, disassociate with all that would pollute a pure relationship with him, and give themselves in service to others. Again, I ask, where do you stand? Spiritually, where are you? When traveling, sometimes we men are given the reputation of not admitting when we're lost. Oh, good, I'm not alone. That's why I got a GPS system. We wander around until we find something we recognize or, or, or something that brings us back on track. And then we say, oh, I knew where I was going anyway. My wife has always said, well, it looks like we're taking the scenic route today. But I have to ask, when you all ladies are accusing us of being lost, do you know where we are? Most of the time, no. So leave us alone. <laughs> Give us a break. We're both lost together. 
So let's work together to find our way back on track. But I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to wander around in this life. You don't have to wander around aimlessly in darkness. Like David, you can say, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. This is God's GPS system. You study the word daily, and I'm glad we're in a, a, a daily study of the Bible to read it through this year. If you stay in the word, brothers and sisters, the Lord will lead you. He says, my word will not return unto me void. In other words, you're not going to get lost reading the word of God. His word tells you where you are. It tells you where you need to be. And it tells you how to get there. One thing I love about God, God is so good. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost are all a part of our lives. God the Father loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for the guilt that we should have, for the sins that we should have died for. Jesus loved us so much that he came and gave his life for us. And when he had to return to glory, he sent the Holy Ghost. God, the Holy Spirit, to live within us, to lead us and guide us so that there's no reason in the world for us to be lost. Lest we choose. No longer do we have to live in darkness. No longer do we have to walk in darkness. God's marvelous light, not just regular light, but God's marvelous light is available to all who choose him, amen? But the most frightening thing about being spiritually lost is being lost right in the church. Right amidst all the truth, all the light that is available, there are individuals who go to church Sabbath after Sabbath, Sunday after Sunday, and still are lost. Why? Because they do not accept Jesus. They have the knowledge of the truth, but they deny the power thereof. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. This is always such a sobering text to me. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus again speaking in verse 21. Not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. This is the one that always gets me. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied? Have I not preached in your name? Have I not cast out devils? And in the name done wonderful works. These people have done wonderful works. But their attitude, their motive was not of God. Several of our prominent television evangelists now are going through some little issues about finances. Are they more interested in the money? than they are in the souls? 
it, it, it really baffles me to see all these people in these mega churches. Yet their lives have not been changed. They have the truth. They have the word, but the power is not there. The true Holy Spirit should work in you to change you, to make you different. He says further, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. And if we go back up to verse 20, it says, wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. Now, I can say I'm a Christian all that I want. But if I'm living the life of a lost person, guess what? I'm lost. I can dress right. I can eat right. But if I am not connected with the Lord, if it's not because I love him, I'm lost. I don't want anybody to change the way they dress, the way they eat for me or even for the church. Because God is our example. Jesus truly is our example. And if you change, the Holy Spirit moves upon you to change. Let it be for him. Because each and every one of us are fallible. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So don't look at me to, 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 to look at me as a pattern of Christ. Yes, but keep your eyes on Jesus. Where are you? Is your all on the altar? Is Jesus the foundation of your life? How many carpenters or, or, or builders do we have here this morning? Some done building? How many of you tried to build something? There you go. That's the people I'm looking for. If your foundation isn't properly set, the building will lean, will fall, will crumble. If Jesus is not the foundation of your spiritual being, if you're coming to church just because your mama came to church, your daddy, and, and your family, I've been, you know, you hear people say, I've born this, my, my mother and father was this, I'm a born this, I'm going to die this. It doesn't matter. God, Jesus Christ has to be the foundation. Psalm chapter, Psalm uh, 127th division in verse 1 says, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. You can try and do all the right things. I've heard people say, well, before I come back to church, I have to stop doing this, stop doing that, get this out of my life, then I'll come back. Brothers and sisters, that won't work. Because if you do it, you will pick it back up again. But if Jesus removes it from your life, if he takes it away, it is cast, as it were, into the depths of the sea. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You can see that lovely, voluptuous body of somebody else's wife and say, bless him, he has a lovely wife. You don't have to covet it and say, man, how did he get her instead of me? 
No, brothers and sisters, when Jesus removes it from you, praise him. It's gone. It is gone. Then the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? God so loved us that he gave us his Holy Spirit to live in us. So now if the Holy Spirit is living in us, there needs to be a clear distinction between an individual who is of the light and of the darkness. You can't dress the way you want to dress. You can't eat the way you want to eat. Because you see, you understand, brothers and sisters, we are human. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We have desires that are not of God. God says, not my will. It, or we should say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Our thinking now needs to be as godly individuals, as heirs to the kingdom. And if the Holy Ghost is living in us, there needs to be a difference. God expects us to care for the temple of the Holy Ghost. You got to eat right. You got to be healthy. I went to a doctor one time. Um, no disrespect to anybody who's a physician. But this doctor, who is supposed to be knowledgeable about health, I, he was a chiropractor and he was working on my back. And I went in to see him and he was. And, and honestly, I was afraid that he was not going to make it through our session. <clears throat> Excuse me. I said, whoa, now. Here, a health practitioner, and I would hate to see him running up the street trying to help somebody. He wouldn't make it. But he had a, a habit of smoking, and that was affecting his ability to breathe properly. Brothers and sisters, as Christians, if we are going to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others, we need to look like it's doing us some good. We need to talk like it's doing us some good. The Lord says, they will know you are Christians by your love. If individuals came into this church and for the first time and nobody spoke to them, nobody smiled at them, do you really think they would come back? I don't think so. Or those individuals who have been here before and for some reason or another have backslidden and, and lost their way like the prodigal son and they return home and the first thing you say, why were you gone so long? You know better. You shouldn't be doing Are they going to come back? They will know we are Christians by our love. If God called us on everything <coughs> that we do, what chance would we have? God expects us to care for the temple of his spirit. He would that we prosper and be in health. But many have decided to defile the body. Those in darkness, 
eating those things that God says are unclean. Doing things that God says are forbidden. Piercing and marking their bodies in such a way that they look no different than the temples of the world. But Jesus says, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw men unto me. I don't want anybody coming because of me. I want them to see Jesus in me. I want that to be the thing that draws them. There should be a marked difference in the way we are. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says, We are a chosen generation, a peculiar people. When you and I accepted God as our Father and Jesus as our Savior, we no longer walk in darkness. The Lord reveals to us how to eat, how to dress, how to talk, and how to live. And he doesn't force us. It is not by force. It is by choice that we do the things that we do to his names, honor, and glory. One day soon, brothers and sisters, that one special angel that was dispatched many years ago to seal the chosen of God will return to heaven. And he will say the children of God have been sealed and then the word will go out, found in Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22, beginning at verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And beloved, and behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give how many? Every man according to his work shall be. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments. That do his commandments. The commandments have not been nailed to the cross. The commandments have not been done away with. Those who, when Jesus comes to take them home, will be keepers of his commandments. That they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city. And then over in chapter 14 in verse 12, same book, Revelation. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that again keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Where are you? Are you ready for Jesus to come? Do you know where you are? Do you know where you stand? If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Where do you stand? But we must be careful about saying, oh, I know where I stand. 
hear people say, oh, I was saved back in 1999. No, that wasn't far back enough. 1968. And I'm saved, so I can do whatever I want now because the Lord saved me. No, brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. You can be thinking, I'm in the church, I'm doing all that is right. I don't have to read my word, I'm here. God will say to you, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Take heed. Take heed of what? Take heed of God's word. Take heed of God's direction. For if you study his GPS system, you won't be lost. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. A familiar text to us all. For therein is righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, faith without works is dead. So it can't just be about faith. Oh, I have faith that the Lord's going to take me to glory when he comes, no matter what I'm doing. No, God expects us to do a work, to share the good news, to share the hope in Jesus that so many in the world need. If you have, by faith, given your life to Jesus, you've done a good thing. But salvation is a work of a lifetime. It is a gift. It is a free gift given to us. It's already there, but we have to continue. We have to persevere. We have to endure till the end. Why? Because we have an enemy who is at our heels day after day after day, and especially after we've had that mountaintop experience. Especially when we have said, look what the Lord has done for me and for my family and in my life. Soon as you open that front door, the devil has already dispatched one of his demons to trip you up. But by faith, brothers and sisters, you and I need to know that the devil and a third of the angels were cast out of heaven. And when he sends one to tempt and obstruct you, Jesus has two to send. Jesus always has more. Because the, the, the other two-thirds are in heaven. So it's always going to be a battle, but it's a battle that Jesus will always win if you trust him. Now, that's not to say you're not going to go through some things, because some trials, some things we have to go through. The three Hebrew boys had to go through the fire, but they trusted the Lord. Can you imagine having to have done that? And the effect, not only being in the fire and the ropes burning off, but the effect afterward. Because that's where the victory truly is. After you've gone through the fire, you have a witness. 
You have a testimony. You can't have a testimony without some sort of test. And that test you have to get through. So you've done a good thing. You signify, Lord, I want to be with you. I want others to see that I'm with you if you have given your life to God in faith. How many of you have done that? Raise your hand. Yes, you've given your life to God in faith. You're, you're signifying the Lord daily. I die to self. I die daily. You can't die just on Sunday and expect the Lord to just carry you all through the rest of the week. You've got to be in the word because that enemy out there like a roaring lion is there. Be in the word daily. Cut off the TV sometime. Turn off the music. Just be quiet for a while. Even the Christian music, just, just wait. Just, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And the Lord will speak to you. Because that's the one thing about the Holy Spirit. It's God's spirit that is in you. So if you just wait quietly, the spirit will speak to you. The spirit will reveal things to you. And you say, whoa, I, I didn't even think about that. Well, you're so busy thinking about everything else and all other stuff. You're polluting your mind and not letting the Lord get in. Now, you may have realized today through this message, I don't really know where I am. But I know now that the only place to be is with Jesus. The only place to be is with Jesus. There might be someone here today who wants to learn how to get closer to him. Raise your hand if you have the ability. Raise your hand. Take the little uh, part of your bulletin. And make a notation in there. I want Bible study. I want to know more about Jesus. And make sure either Pastor Rock or myself or Pastor Lou Wars gets that. And we will make sure that you receive everything you desire. For that's our job. Our duty is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, it's, it, it, it makes no point for me to give you something that you don't need. It makes no you know, good sense for me to visit you when you want Bible study. I come and just visit you say, how you doing? And I leave. And you wanted Bible study. Or if you ask me to come and I just send somebody to drop you off a lesson. We want to meet your needs to the glory of God. Tomorrow, brothers and sisters, is not promised. We must be ready for Jesus to come. We must do all in our power to be ready. Psalm chapter 95. The 95th division of the psalm. Verses 7 and 8. The Bible says today. If you will hear his voice. Harden not your heart. You only get so many chances. To accept Jesus Christ. When that angel returns. It's finished. No longer will you have an opportunity to say, well, Lord, now I it's too late. 
too late. So don't wait too late. If you haven't made a true surrender to the Lord, make it today. Make it today. And finally, those who know Jesus, I ask you the question, where are you? When it comes to being about our father's business, where are you? Are you just sitting in the pew? But are you out in the street? Get off your seat, get out in the street, tell others about Jesus who they can meet. Jesus is coming soon, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> are you ready? For him to come? The theme of the Bible is Jesus and how he died to save men. The plan of salvation assures us he's coming back again. Are you ready for Jesus to come? Are you faithful in all that you do? Have you fought a good fight? Have you stood for what's right? Can others see Jesus in you? Are you ready to stand in your place? Are you ready to look in his face? Can you look up and say this is my Lord. Are you ready for Jesus? Are you ready for Jesus? Are you ready for Jesus to come? It makes no point for us to have spent all this time in church, all this time in the word of God and not be saved. So I want you all to stand with me today. Saying, Lord, 
I don't know for sure right now if I'm ready, but I want to be ready. And again, there may be someone here today who says, I know I want to be in the ark of safety. And I want to signify that by standing out. If you're standing now, I just want you to move out of the aisle and come down front. We have a special prayer for you. Anyone who is saying, Lord, I've been in the church. I haven't been in the church, but I know that I need you. I need you in my life. Is there anyone here today? Anyone who wants to make that decision, God bless you. God bless you. Anybody who wants to be a part of this prayer, God bless you, sweetheart. Tomorrow is not promised, brothers and sisters. Today, if you hear his word, if you feel his spirit moving on you, harden not your heart. Make the decision to stand out. To let others see that you are different. That you want to be different. And if they see you acting your old way to help you out by saying, my brother, my sister, this is the way the Lord would have us go. And walk along with them on their walk. The church, brothers and sisters, is a hospital. All of us have some sort of spiritual illness. Some just have a little cough. <coughs> Others are in a coma. But we all need God's help. God bless you, sweetheart. One more minute. Anybody else? Make that decision. They're going to give you this little pamphlet. We want you to fill it out. Make the decision today, brothers and sisters. Know that you have said, Lord, I want to be here. I have made a decision. I have asked the Lord, God bless you. I have asked the Lord to show me the way he would have me go. Now you know where you are. You are in the hands of Jesus. And there's safety in the hands. Of the Lord. Anyone else? Let's all now bow our heads. Our Father and our God, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful and glorious Sabbath day that you have placed here in our lives for a connection with you. As a memorial of your creation, now we have an opportunity to come week after week to your presence to learn more of you to share what you have done for us through the week to praise and glorify your name lord we thank you for the sabbath now lord many are standing signifying we know jesus and we want to learn more lead and guide in our lives. But Lord, there is a special group that has come down front who have made an outward showing saying, I want to be different than I am now. I want God to so equip me to be ready for the kingdom 
that not only am I ready to go myself, but I'm going to bring my family. I'm going to bring my friends to the knowledge of this truth. Lord, we ask a very special blessing upon those that have come down. Lord, we ask that you give them an extra portion of your Holy Ghost to give them power, for we know the enemy is not happy. But all heaven is now rejoicing at their decision. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And we promised, we promised all those under the sound of my voice to do whatever it takes to follow Jesus at any rate in 2008. So when the roll is called, our names will be written there. Bless again, Lord, those that have come. Bless all under the sound of my voice. Thank you, Lord, in the wonderful and glorious name of Jesus. Let us all say together, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor O'Bannon, for that word. I was just told, even though it's not written in the bulletin, that there is food next door. So uh, on this kind of cold, cold, cloudy, rainy day, we're all invited to uh, stay next door and partake. The benediction, I will read a scripture from Ephesians chapter 3. Paul's prayer was, he says, beginning in verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge, that she might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. Can we please bow our heads? Father in heaven, we thank you for the spoken word. Lord, may it truly, as Pastor Rock always said, take the seed of thy word and may it find good soil within our hearts and minds that it may bring forth much fruit. Now I pray, Lord, that you will bless the food which is over in the fellowship hall. Use it to nourish and strengthen our bodies. Bless the hands which prepared it. Guide and keep our fellowship. And Lord, for those who will be traveling on, give us safe traveling mercies. And for those who will be coming back for AY, bring us back at the appointed time. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Can the church say amen? Amen. We thank the Lord. I want to ask you, are all hearts happy? Amen. You should be in Jesus Christ. Thank you again, Pastor Bannon. I'm going to ask.